Welcome to GradCast, the official podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at the University of Western Ontario. Coming to you from the other London, let's start the show. Hello, welcome to GradCast, uh, Western Research Forum edition. My name is Evan Chen. I'm here with Emma Bridgewater. Hello. Uh, hello, everybody. Hello. And we are interviewing our keynote speaker for today, Dr. Annabelle Kwanhase. How are you today, Annabelle? Good. Thank you, Yimin. Excellent. So you gave a talk about serendipity today. Uh, what sort of drew you, attracted you to this idea, this concept? Yeah, that was, that was a while ago. Um, I think it was during the SARS outbreak. And I, you know, I'm a mom of two kids. So on the one hand, I felt like I should be aware of what was happening with mm -hmm. SARS. I mean, I know today we know that it was completely overblown. Mm -hmm. But at the time, it's sort of, you know, there was this kind of urgency around it. Um, but, you know, having a pretty busy schedule, I didn't find the time to read up too much on it. But I found that I often was encountering information. Like I kept, you know, um, in, um, stumbling open it okay. uh, either digitally or on print formats and so it made me really aware that often information and obviously this was relevant information and that it was has a public relevance right. that you can stumble on, on the information without you necessarily going and looking for it so it made me really curious about how much of the information that we become aware of on a daily basis is information that we stumble open instead of looking, you know, going looking for it, uh, like the, the, the agency kind of component in our information worlds. Okay, so getting these sort of happy surprises in your day-to-day -day life. Yeah, I think it's, um, it, it is in part, it's, it's true. Often we conceptualize it as a kind of happy surprise, but okay. to me, it, it meant more about also, you know, thinking of our information worlds in terms of what we call in communication agenda setting, mm -hmm. which is, you know, where is that information coming from? How are we becoming aware of it? How are we noticing that information? What are we bringing to the information that makes it relevant to us? Um, and how much of that is coming in from the environment itself that is making us notice specific uh, pieces of information? Oh, cool. Yes. So during your talk, you mentioned that you were you were mostly focused on the humanities. Now I am I came from the humanities in my undergrad, but my master's has moved on to the sciences. Uh, and you said that Traitor. there were, thank you, Yemen. Uh, you said that there were differences in serendipity between the disciplines, and that you were originally going to kind of add that into your talk. And obviously, you know, time constraints prevent that. So what did you like? What did you mean by that? Well, I mean, I think that there. Are really differences in the information seeking and information behaviors that we see between different groups and I mean this is not just unique to academia clearly but mm -hmm. when we do look at academics we do find that academics have very different ways of organizing and making sense of their information worlds and so one of the things that we've noticed is that in our work with humanities scholars and in particular with digital humanities scholars um, that for them context and actual primary sources is really critical and important. And that's something that we see much less in the sciences because in the sciences often currency um, really matters. So yeah. people are really interested in the past 
three to four years. Anything beyond that is almost considered obsolete. Uh, whereas in the humanities, often the primary sources, you know, go way back and, and they have a certain context. So for instance, finding a letter by itself is completely different than finding it in a box with other letters yeah. um, and finding it within an archive and, and trying to figure out the connections of, well, how did it get there? What does it mean? Um, and, and so that context that the other sources provide is important, whereas in the sciences, I think often each paper is sort of more of a stand alone. Of course, it, it, it works with other papers. But yeah, but you can get, yeah, get all the information you need for that specific topic. Yeah. Exactly. I never really thought about that. So then when, um, you mentioned a, a little bit about how applications, programs and stuff can be sort of designed to help facilitate serendipity and this sort of discovery. Um, do you think that these disciplinary differences require different ways to sort of accommodate this, this facilitation? Oh, absolutely. I think that there, there's really room here because most of our search systems are very generic. If you think of the Western catalog, you don't go in it, you know, selecting whether you have a science or a humanities background. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It, it looks the same for all of us. So uh, I, I agree. I think that there is an opportunity here for designing these systems with the specifics of a discipline in mind, you know, that either provides more or less context, different kinds of noticing, and, and different kinds of triggers within the system itself. Okay. Well, I mean, that said, though, is there also some, um, you know, perhaps advantage or cross-disciplinary advantage in having these more open systems where you may be able to discover, um, you know, connections or relevant research outside of your own field or even outside your sort of, um, you know, humanities, sciences domain? Oh, absolutely. And I think that what, what we're seeing is that often now we have silos. Like people talk right. a lot about silos and the fact that you know, there isn't really enough cross-pollination. And what we're seeing is that serendipity, creativity, discovery often does happen at that intersection. So mm -hmm. bringing in you know, resources from other domains, from other disciplines uh, can be really important. Um, but academia, as it transforms itself, uh, you know, there are so many constraints in terms of funding, right. teaching loads, you know, the, the reality that I think we all live, mm -hmm. that, that there is, I feel, less opportunity, less time to, to do all of that. And um, unfortunately, that will in some ways impact also how we make insights, the kinds of research questions that we investigate. Mm -hmm. um, well, I'm just sort of reminded a bit of the... A kind of idea of the salon back in, you know, the Enlightenment era, say, France or Germany, where, you know, learned scholars would just sort of meet up in the pub, in the coffee shop, and just discuss, talk about things. And I wonder if there is a possibility to bring back something like that as a space in the university. Uh, say, I guess this conference itself is one way of trying to incorporate that kind of mix. Um, do you have any ideas about uh, that idea? Like, how to yeah. inspire more of this cross-pollination? Well, that's interesting. I mean, the salons themselves, they're, they're a great metaphor for, you know, the public sphere for discussion. Right. At the same time, I mean, they have been criticized for often, you know, being uh, open to uh, a certain certain social group. So as soon as you create any kind of space, you know, that it, that is sort of closed, it also brings with itself some some expectations as to who mm -hmm. can go in, who cannot. 
So open spaces, I mean, like the grad club here, I feel are much more inclusive um, and that, okay. you know, anybody can show up kind of thing. But having said that, though, I, I think that maybe the, the idea of having spaces for where you have time, I mean, that's, I think, more what we're getting at, which is, you know, having the time to actually create a reflective space for, right. for intellectual developments, exchanges. I, I would say yes, that, 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 that is something that we don't have enough. And, 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 and I think what's really important here is that it's, you know, these questions, you know, while you may at first sort of simply say, yes, it's great, um, they also need to be understood in a more historical, cultural context. Because, you know, if I think of myself, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a female scholar with, with two kids and right. a house to manage. I, I think that sometimes, you know, changes in our society that go beyond the academy, which is, you know, more women, you know, being part of, of, of academic faculties, yeah. also creates new kinds of constraints on time that are difficult to manage. So I don't know if I have an easy solution to that, even though I do like the idea of hanging out and having coffee for sure. <laughs> right. I wonder if, because uh, in, like, with our increasingly digitized age, if an online sort of forum or salon like would, would be like a Google Hangout or not that people use Google but something like that might be more beneficial because that would allow you the balance of well we can be reflective and you can have a lot of people who feel like they won't be judged for being there but you also have the time to you know think about your responses and that sort of thing and so you don't have to be in a specific room at a specific time yeah Emma I, I do a lot of my interactions digitally some of it is great, um, but, you know, in other instances, I think you just really miss mm -hmm. the kind of, you know, the, the richness of the face-to-face -face and yeah. the flavor of coffee. Uh, but, but I agree with you, like, it can, it can serve as one, one more area to look into to, to sort of, you know, recreate something like that. But I don't know. I, I still like the idea of the salon and coffee. Definitely. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Annabelle. It looks like we're running out of time and the next session is about to start. But uh, thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. No, it's great. Thanks, Sam and Neiman, for your questions. Thank awesome. you very much. All right, bye. That's all we got for this week. If you like this episode, share it with someone. Check us all out on Twitter and Facebook. Both you can find through Gradcast Radio. You can go to our website to see more episodes at gradcastradio.ca. And if you want to come on the show and talk about your own research, great line for your CV, go to gradcastradio at gmail.com. The theme is Happy Boy by Kevin McLeod, and we will see you guys next time.